When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It is the Daily Stripe. It's Tuesday, July 11th. We are already moving through July. Football is right around the corner, so we're going to def talk some of that today. You can see it in the title. We need James Harden and Damian Lillard to be traded already, so we don't necessarily have to talk about it anymore, but it is hot in the news, so why not? But last night, we had a very enjoyable home run derby. Uh, Very exciting. Uh, Like father, like son, Vlad winning. A Rose Arena was great. Julio Rodriguez, the hometown hero, put on a show at least in the first round, and we had a bunch of other players show out. Nick, you had a bet that was pretty interesting in the Home Run Derby. Uh, would you care to keen our listeners in on it? Uh, the over-under on home runs? Yes. Yeah, the, I took the over-under on home runs hitting the Derby, which was 276 and a half, and it smashed it. How early did you smash it? Because they, I think, I think in the round. second round. I think in the second round. Because I think I checked before the final started, and they were sitting at like three something. Jesus, yeah, that's crazy. And they set yeah, a record Julio. for the for the most home runs in uh, home run derby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. Do you guys think in the just some quick gut check reactions? Like Julio last year crushed it in the first round. He did the same thing this year, but then <laughs> faltered as as the derby went on. Do you guys think there's obviously you want to get out of the first round and move on, but do you think there's some merit to kind of saving a little bit of your energy for as the, you know, the Derby goes on? Yeah, without a doubt, but he was in a terrible position because he was going against Pete Alonso, who was the odds on favorite, the two time champ. So he had to hit as many as possible to make it out of reach for Pete. I mean, honestly, if he, if he hit 30 something, I'm sure Pete could have caught him. Mm. Yeah, Alonzo yeah. is a, is a multi-time champ. Uh, what was the biggest surprise? I know mine was uh, Adolis Garcia being eliminated early. He was my pick to win. <laughs> my final was yeah, Garcia man. versus Alonzo. Like, uh, I mean, Adley Adley uh, Ruxpin was very surprising. I mean, it was awesome having his dad pitch to him, and he went off in his round, and then flipped it to the to the right side in his bonus time, and pretty much hit every single ball out. That was pretty cool. Um, I think it was just the pace that he wasn't able to to keep up with. I mean, really, the success you had in the Derby, of course, you have to hit the ball well. You have to hit him out. But you're only as good as you're pitching. You know, the the, the guys who were, were hitting him out were the ones who had consistent pitching and quick pitching. I mean, Randy's guy was amazing. Um, obviously, Vlad's guy is amazing. I mean, it's his manager. So crazy. Your pitching is is really what kind of does it for you. Adolis's pitching was terrible. It wasn't great. Yeah. And Pete Alonso's was probably the worst that I saw, just in, in regards to too, yeah. 
He had to go uh, oppo a bunch of he times. He had to go, and he did, which just yeah. you know demonstrates how much power that guy has. He also he took more balls dead center than any of the other uh, competitors as well. But that's <laughs> you know a, a testament to why Julio was able to hit forty one in that first round because they were exactly where he wanted them. And you had the broadcast really keyed in on you know a lot of it. Obviously, has to do with who's throwing the pitches, but also where the catcher is placing the balls. And uh, yeah, I mean, up and in, in a, in a park that has a really shallow left field porch, if a guy can get around on it, you don't have to use your lower half as much. And you can kind of just muscle, muscle the ball out again and again and again. Um, You know, you do want that 30 second bonus, at least in the first round, you have to take two balls over 440, but uh, Randy didn't get that bonus. I don't believe. Um, no. and you know, you look how far he went. So I, I don't necessarily think it's like, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure that Julio wore himself out in the first round. I think part of it is it's a combination of, of the pitching of how tired you are. But again, like you, you, you don't normally have that luxury. Like Nick saying, when you're across from Pete Alonzo and you're going first, you know, you have to get as many out of the park as you possibly can. And even Adley thought he was like, you know, I, I feel solid about it when he hit 27, which was very respectable in the first round, yeah. but that's not safe. So all of these guys have incredible power. Um, maybe one guy less than the rest of them, although he has hit 26 <laughs> home runs through the, through the season thus far. I mean, he, but he, he, gonna, lose too. Yeah, he even said he had no chance. You do it. Like he, didn't even, he didn't even take his time out. I mean, Nick, that happened because Mookie hits before Julio and he hits before Pete Alonso. When he hit like 11 home runs, were you a little bit like, okay, Mookie, like take your 30 second break. Like we need as many home runs as possible. If I'm going to hit this over. No, I wasn't. I wasn't too worried actually at any point. I was like, these guys are, are all hitting at least 20 home runs for the most part besides Mookie. Like Adoles had 17, but everyone else was smashing it. So mm-hmm. I, I wasn't really concerned. The thing that about Mookie is like he had no business being in there. It's nice that he his wife said like I want him to you know have said he's he's done everything in his career. This is one of the things that he hasn't done. Um, super nice, but not that exciting. You don't really deserve to be there. However, I understand that you have you know twenty something home runs in the regular season, but it's not because you're a power hitter. You don't have raw power. He's just so he's just got the fastest hands. You know, he's got a quick twitch. And he'll take you deep if you leave a fastball, you know, right at his sweet spot. And they're even showing, I think, the stat casts or, or whatever it may be before the derby started. And I believe it was like where pitches are thrown or like where he hits the ball. And when he gets out in front of it, he hits all of his home runs that way. Nothing is like past like a certain amount of inches or something that he hits his home runs opposed to every other hitter there which just shows you that like they have raw power where they can hit the ball out no matter where it's pitched mookie needs it to be in the exact same spot yeah well if you go it's it's a lot of good points there uh i mean first of all there's the old saying the faster it comes in the faster it goes out uh and and mookie's fast hands you know a fastball coming in mookie can kind of take care of business like you're saying nick and also he's the smallest guy there so all these guys you know, their abilities to go out over the plate, like you guys were saying, Alonzo, his ability to go oppo, but, uh, you know, with balls coming on the outside, like these guys are so strong and so tough and their ability to A, spray the ball and B, cover a lot of ground with their length 
helps in this setting versus Mookie, who's a bit smaller and has to muster that power that he may not necessarily have. And, you know, pitching Luis Robert, I felt like I felt like his pitching was great in round one and not as good in round two. But after you saw what happened in round one with him or sadly, like both those guys combining for 55 and all you have to hit is 276. He probably felt pretty good after you saw for those first two guys. Uh I actually, I think a lot of people are starting to see his nickname. It's one of my favorite nicknames in baseball, the Panther. I think it's just very fitting for Luis Robert. It's kind of swag. I, I feel like he's getting lost in Chicago a little bit. And we know we talk about him as a potential trade piece. Um, two nicknames on under the charity stripe uh, Twitter that I threw out uh, over the past 72 hours. Uh, uh, Randy, a pose arena based off his cross arm pose. Uh, and Ellie, the jet de la Cruz. Cause he stole home. Uh, that one got Sunday. a lot of love. That one both got, both got pose arena got decent love, but the Ellie, the jet, uh, de la Cruz. I wanted to get your guys's maybe rank the nicknames out of 10. Uh, and we'll, and we'll average the score before we move on to some basketball. Um, I'll give you a, a seven for creativity for posering a poserina, but when I when you first said that, I was thinking like opposition or like oppo, okay, poserina. So kind of confused me for a second, but um, and I think for Ellie, I'll, I'll give that a nine. Okay, cool. I'll toss. Yeah, I'll, I'll match the rating on Ellie. The nine is very fitting. That shot, the the snapshot of him stealing home is iconic. <sighs> It's yeah. everywhere right oh, now. Oh, the photo of the year. Yeah, it's a super cool photo. Um, Poserina, I'm I'm like at a th- I'm at a three or a four on that yeah, one. I, knew I you also gonna, I knew you were gonna be a tough critic. <laughs> Thank I, you. Nick. I also uh, <laughs> didn't get the the bit. I thought it was like you're calling him a poser because you like actually don't think he's that good. You don't. You're not buying. No, it. I think he's so sick. we. So I get that, but now Nick, myself, and you have taken three different things from the nickname, and because of that, I can't say that it's a good nickname because no one knows what it means. Fair. I thought with the pose that he typically does, but maybe we maybe we need to see him do the pose more. Uh, yeah. In the national spotlight, I actually love a Rosarena. He was he my MVP? I think it was my MVP dark horse this year. It's not going to happen, but I, I, that was my pick for MVP dark horse. Um, I wanted him to hit with the boots on. The boots are sick. I, you know, like that's a, thank you for bringing up the boots before we get into uh, NBA. Uh, because I, it just, no, it's cool that like we're getting to see the personalities of the players more this year. And we're getting to get like the, the, the best thing that the NBA has done. And, you know, it's helped them and hurt them throughout the past couple of years. It's such a star driven league. Like we know the stars. The stars are vocal. Do I think Bo Bichette did a good job on the mic yesterday? Not really. But that was like the right idea. Like giving the guys the microphone, letting a Rosarina wear the cowboy boots. Like all of it's like interviewing these guys. And what was your gripe with Bo Bichette? He, he just didn't really do much on the mic, but he seemed cool. Like he's like his. I think JD Bo, was funny. Yeah, yeah. Bo's Bo swag is next. He might, he's definitely top 10 swaggiest players in the, in the MLB. His swag. I thought, I actually, I thought it was cool that like he, he clearly, he doesn't, (laughs) there's a loss in translation between him and his teammate Vladdy, but they still are boys and you could still see that. Like they still dapped each other up, even though, you know, Bo wasn't necessarily like on the same wavelength and understanding everything that was being said, not only by Vladdy, but all the other Spanish speaking, uh, MLB players that that surrounded Vladdy when he was taking his breaks, but it's a cool event and a unique event in the sense that you actually can talk to those guys like in between and 30 in the 30 second break. And, um, 
it's an event that gets the rest of the MLB players who aren't competing involved and excited to watch these guys. And that's the one other thing that I had from, from Mookie's standpoint is like, he clearly has never done a home run derby before. Right. And that's one thing that isn't necessarily talked about is like, how many of these guys actually practice doing that? Um, Because a lot of them take BP and they're trying to take the ball 460 feet. Like Sammy Sosa used to do, you know, before he would, before he would um, actually start a full nine innings. So that was one thing I found really, really interesting is like Mookie is like, if you take, if there's a ball outside, like he's going to take it oppo and he's going to try and line it, you know, down the line. So he can turn that into a two or three bagger. And that's just kind of how his mind works. So like seeing how these guys approach the game, the only way you get that is if you have those commentary, um, the interviews from JD and obviously like I wanted JD to just grab the bat and take a few swings. Cause at, at that point we had seen enough for Mookie. That's what, that's what they were saying. They're like, if this was like WWE style, like could, could he tag you in? And he's like, I yeah. wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, he should have yeah. just done it. He actually should have just done it. It would have been funny. The only guy that definitely practices is Alonzo. You know, Alonzo wants this. He wants it too bad. Like now he wants it every day, dude. That guy, he loves loves this event. He loves this event. Uh, I did have on our list though. I know I've been teasing the NBA heavily in the title and and coming up, but quickly one wish for the second half of the MLB season you guys have as a whole from just like an overarching baseball view. And then maybe one wish for your personal teams, other than, other than the obvious, just to turn around, maybe a bit more uh, specific, unfortunately for your pods, Nick. I mean, that's really the only thing you could say right now about a team that is like not performing to what they should be. I mean, I guess I could just say, put it all together at the same time, because at the early start of the season, our pitching was stellar, right? Our bullpen was amazing. Offense couldn't get it going. Now starting pitching has been great. Offense has been great, but the bullpen is faltering. They don't have a clean game in the last like 30 games or something they are just blowing it left and right. So in an, in a, a, a broader way of saying turn around, put it all together at the same time. You know, there's not much you need to do on the roster. Maybe DFA Matt Carpenter because he's useless. Uh, I mean, they DFA'd Nelson Cruz before him probably because, you know, he had a smaller contract and, uh, Carpenter's owed 6 million each year, but whatever, you know, you're, you're growing, almost a billion dollars to, to, to four guys already. So it doesn't really matter. Like just let that money go, give that roster spot to someone who can actually produce Add a DH, maybe Candelario from, from Washington, and then go sure up the bullpen, go get some arms, go get Lang from uh, Detroit, you know, go get, mm, wow. go get Jordan Hicks from, from St. Louis. Mm. And then, you know, make, or if you're not going to do that, just, let bygones be bygones. Get rid of Snell. Get rid of Hater for what they're worth right now. If you're not gonna make the playoffs, and then maybe even entertain a, a trade for Soto. You know, I mean, see what you can get while the values are an all-time high. Because every game that you that you spend, you know, without with him on your roster, you're losing value because it, it just gets quicker and quicker to his free agency expiring. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's I, putting it all together is a big takeaway, and I think you know we've seen some of the we've seen. A lot of the different Padres players excel, but all at different times. So I think that's a good point. Hicks, Lang, uh, and Rio are really great targets. Uh, Heimer Candelario has been great for the National. Yeah. He's been good all his whole career. Uh, Toss, uh, one wish you have for your Texas Rangers? Well, f- for me, you know, I think coming into the season, it was just about, you know, beating expectations, 
hitting the over on our regular season wins and becoming a relatively competitive baseball club. And mm. we've already exceeded those expectations. We had a rocky ish finish pre all-star break. Um, and the Astros have closed the gap. So my wish for them is that they beat the Astros and take the division. I think it's really important for this club. Um, I, I think for them to be taken seriously and look, they could be a wild card team and be the, the second best team in the AL West at the end of the season and still have a good record and get to the playoffs. Um, but I think it would be really meaningful for them to, to get it done and, and win the AL West. So mm-hmm. um, they need to stand pat there. And I mean, I think they've only got two games up on the, on the Astros right now. And then outside of that, another team, you know, that I'm looking at at the beginning of the season, I think my AL pick was the guardians. They've finally taken the AL central you know, now that we're at the all-star break, yeah, right at 500. But if they win that division, you know, they're in a pretty good spot. So I'd like to see them bounce back and have a really dominant second half of the season. Um, just to, just to make my pick come true because, you know, up until the all-star break, I have not felt very confident about that pick that I made, but they do have a great closer. They obviously have a guy, you know, who's a perennial MVP candidate in the AL and a guy that you really, you love Josh, like you're a huge Jose Ramirez fan. Um, I know Nick and I like him too, obviously, but you've always kind of been in his corner. Um, but yeah, man, I just, for the Rangers, just beating the, it's beating the Strohs and the Strohs have been gaining and gaining and the chirping gets more and more and look like we don't like them. No one likes them in the MLB. So I feel like it's a cause that everybody can get behind. Um, and I'd love to see the, I'd love to see the Reds hold on to it in the NL central as well. Oh, the Brewers are putting right. together a good season, but um, team reds, that's your, that's your overarching team reds. Yeah. I mean, these teams that we didn't expect to be there, my overarching is I'd like them to hold on and not just be first half wonders. Mm-hmm. I'll give you my overarching. Please. I want Otani just to continue the dominance and just put together the craziest season you've ever seen go for 60 home runs and strike out 250 batters that'd be insane yeah i uh, i'll i'll bet the knee to that one nick and both yours actually probably <clears throat> would both be on my wish list for the reds to hang on and, and head to the playoffs so we see ellie the jet de la cruz that nick sounds like that's the nick in that's sticking uh head to the playoffs and otani um uh, and and i guess piggybacking on i want to see otani moved I love trades. I love, I love the general manager aspect of things. And I'd love to see Otani on the move. Uh, sorry, Angels fans, but that's probably my overarching wish. And I would guess my Red Sox wish, uh, go for it. Like you're about five games above 500. You're two games two back games in the wild card. Like you have Brian Bayo, okay? You have Paxton, who's been awesome. Like you have two good frontline starters. Nick, you talked about poaching the Cardinals for your team. Go poach the Cardinals for Jordan Montgomery. Uh, get him as a rental and make him your number three starter and then have Cutter Crawford as your fourth fourth guy. You're getting John Schreiber back. He was a really big piece in the bullpen. Uh, he's beginning his rehab assignment. So getting him back with Chris Martin uh, and Kowski to, to set up Kenley is all of a sudden the pitching's there and you you may have a top five outfield in baseball with uh, Verdugo, Matma, Yoshida, and, 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 and Jaron. Like, those are, that's a really seriously talented outfield with Rob Snyder, who's a nice fourth outfielder in the mix. I can uh, see, uh, you know, as the days go on, I can really see the Cardinals potentially selling on Paul Goldschmidt. 
We've been saying it. Like, do it. Like, what's they the? Should. I mean, he's he's a free he's a free agent after 2024. So you've gotten a lot out of his contract. So you basically have a season and a half. You have what Soto is. It's not that high of a contract. I mean, he's his base salary each year is twenty two million dollars. He's got a four million signing bonus each season. So twenty six million dollars, um, you know, to your team cap, and that's like less than what Machado is making. That's less than what Soto is making. That's less than Tatis and what Bogarts are making. Like this guy can help you win a World Series if you're a team that's right there. So I think that's a, a guy to really look out for. Um, one thing I saw the other day at the All Star break two of the teams that were slotted to make the playoffs at the all-star break, right? If you, if you did the, the playoff picture as it stood at the break, two of the teams did not make it last year. Are there any teams for you that are currently poised to make the all-star or sorry, to make the playoffs at the all-star break that you do not foresee making the playoffs. So as it stands right now, we've got the Rays, the Orioles, uh, the Blue Jays, the Guardians, the Rangers, and the Astros. That's the AL. And the NL, we've got Atlanta, Miami, uh, Cincinnati, LA Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Giants. Any pretenders in there? I think that I'll, I'll throw mine out. I think the Giants will, will miss the playoffs. It's probably where I'm at too. I think the Phillies catch them. I I think the, I don't think the Diamondbacks are any are, are are super safe per se. They probably have to do something. Maybe a little Norwegian buyback with Paul Goldschmidt. I don't know. Uh, they have Christian Walker. Uh, but that'd be funny. I uh, I think the Marlins. I don't think the Marlins are pretenders. I think they're legit. Like. To me, Sandy can totally put it together again. And I'm not saying he's going to Cy Young, but he can get back to form. And all of a sudden, they're pitching with him, Yuri Perez, and, and Braxton Garrett, and, and Jesus Lazardo. Like, that could be one of the best, if not the best, uh, rotation, you know, in the National League. And they could be a team that goes, get, goes and gets Paul Goldschmidt. Like, if he is available and, you know, they're like, okay, we're not scoring enough runs and that's what we need help with, maybe they go get him. But I'm with you. I think the fish are in. I, 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 like, I like the Giants to fall to the Phillies here. I see that. I see that happening. I mean, it's just, yeah. I, I wouldn't expect two teams from the NL Central, you know, so it's, it's likely not going to be the Brewers who they're knocking on the door. They're actually ahead of the Phillies right now if you're just looking at win percentage. Um, I know obviously we trust the Phillies a lot more and given that they're the team that made the world series from the NL side last year. Um, I would be remiss if I just didn't mention that, that the AL is, is tricky to predict, but it's not like we would be surprised if the Yankees ended up in the playoffs. Mm-mm. Um, you know, the, the angels have slid, and now the Mariners are in the three spot in the AL West, but I, I haven't seen enough from the Mariners to to kind of put them in that same category as the Phillies to make that jump. Um, Cause I do believe at this point, like wh- why should we think that the Yankees, the Red Sox and the Blue Jays are worse than the Mariners? I don't I think they're all better teams than them. And I think they, they know who they are and they have, they have a more concrete identity. Um, so I think the giants is a good pick. It's, it's, it's too tough to call it in the AL. I would say there's no one that's like sticking out that I'm like, Oh, they're going to blow it. Yeah, and Nick, you probably know this 
better than us because it's your division. But I I hate picking against the Giants because somehow, some way they they're they're pesky. They just they always put together a team. And you're like, how did how are we here in August, late August, and a team we thought would be fourth in the division is right there with the division lead. I just I, I, they are always they're really they're an amazing organization. Like there's nothing. Maybe yeah, it's, it's not, the ball. It's not quite so the same, but I. I feel a little bit about them, how I feel about the Pittsburgh Steelers, where I'm like, just when you think that they're going to suck, they just always are so competitive and know exactly great how to comp. play it is. the game and get wins. I mean, I think it's a great comp. You don't, you don't win three World Series in like a span of 10 years by accident. I mean, they, there's, a, there's something that they do right in the organization that is um, top tier. And doesn't matter – who they have a manager doesn't have doesn't matter who they have in their organization. There's a lot of guys on this roster that you're questioning, like who is this guy, or or even guys that are like this guy's way too old, right? Like Brandon Crawford's been doing it forever. Last year, Brandon Belt, like random guys are on this roster, and they find success. I think they're just really good at evaluating talent and maybe unlocking hidden talents too. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're down, you know, at the bottom of the division, they don't stay down there very long. So. Yeah, I mean Estrada at second base, Lamonte Wade Jr. Like these yeah. guys, they find from like they Conforto and JD Davis, like Mets castoffs they've taken and made good. It's it, it's pretty wild. Um, speaking of pretty wild, the NBA offseason usually is pretty wild. I feel a bit a bit more tame. It's been it a is. bit more yeah, it's been a bit more talked and bite, uh, barked and bite. I think that was actually probably. The, I think the there's just not there's opposite. just like not as many free agents, so mm. it's all like everything has to be around trades. Um, so I guess I'll throw some guys out if they'll be traded in the next 365 days. So next calendar Ooh. year, will they be traded? All right, so we'll start with Cat Carl Anthony Towns. Will he be traded within a year? Yes. You go first. Yeah. You want me to go first? I'll go first today. Yes, I think so. Um. Any a little, I, I just think that Ant Man, first of all, I don't know if you guys have seen Halliburton on Paul George's podcast tell a story about Anthony Edwards, and I'll send it to you guys later. Uh, he's hilarious. He's the face of the franchise. He's the perfect guy for Minnesota. Uh, and, and he's, you know, one of my, he's one of my favorite players because he's come out and said that his goal is to play all 82 games every year, a rarity and a superstar. I think they need to go get picks. They got fleeced with the Gobert deal. Uh, I think Carl Anthony Towns is a really is a good player for them to move, especially as they see like the Western Conference once again to me is all of a sudden very tough and very deep, and they might be in a in a play in or or outside the play in heading next year, so they may have to make something happen. Toss, yeah, three sixty five is tough, right? Because it goes into next off season as well, and I certainly don't believe that he's going to get moved this season of NBA basketball, the 2023, 2024 season. I do not believe that he will be moved before that trade deadline. Um, I think that the Timberwolves have tied their hands a little bit here because you're not going to get the same return that you gave up for Rudy Gobert. If you give up Carl Anthony towns, that's just the way that the market is working right now. And you know, it's just, again, an abolishment on the, the original move that you made to bring Rudy Gobert in. I know you signed Nas Reed for that contract. Um, but it's a flexible one that you could get off if you need to. And they had three bigs on their team last year. So you don't think that they have the intention of rolling those same three guys out this season. They have to give in their minds. I can see them talking themselves into giving time to Rudy Gobert 
Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns all being on the court together. I think it's a mistake. I'm with you, Josh. I think they should move Carl Anthony Towns. I just don't think that they will. Yeah, I think it is tough to do 365. So let's cut it down to just this season because there's guys on this list that can probably get traded to get, get traded twice in 365 days. Um, all right, so next up, we got Damian Lillard. Will he be traded this season? Yeah, and you know what? But I'm, I'm Portland apparently has come out and said that they'll is wait. Is that obvious though? Because what? from what from what we're hearing, it's like he only wants to go to Miami. If they can't get a deal done in Miami, then where they do? Yeah, well, unfortunately, he doesn't have a no trade clause, <laughs> and he could he could do whatever he wants. I mean that that's the other team. I, I think that at a certain point, he will want to be off the roster so badly, and I think he's already getting there that he will be willing to not hold out at camp and not hold out from playing with whatever team he gets traded to, if he feels. Like that, they have a better shot and they have a better team than the Portland Trailblazers, then he's going to give it his all. He's an elite competitor. Like, I think that it's a bit of a front. And I just, I don't necessarily buy it from a guy that I know whenever he's out on the court, always wants to be the best player out there and believes that he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to play a little poker sometimes. You know, I mean, you, you don't want to like just put it all on the table. And I mean, there, there is a little bit of, uh, negotiating on his part too. Like, he, he wants to find the right home. And he wants to win a championship and wants to set himself up for success. So he's got to play the game a little bit. So I understand kind of the process a little bit, but you know, at some point you got to just kind of bear down and do your thing. Yeah. But I just think that like saying you're only going to go to Miami and saying you're not going to play for the team. If they trade for you, like that's a little, that's a little petulant in my mind. Like what? Yeah. Yeah. It's first of all, people are starting to, Dame's going from the most loyal player to all of a sudden people are anti-Dame and like so disappointed based on how he's acted in the past. And I think, A, Miami doesn't have it. Like they don't have the deal. Like we know, we all know what they can offer. Like it's it's black and white what they are going, their best packages, and they can't do it because they won't include BAM. If they're not going to include BAM, Portland does not want what they have to offer. So... They need to get Chicago involved with Levine. They got to do this. They got to get Brooklyn. Like who you like? All of a sudden, it's like you know you're they're throwing a block party and they're trying to like, and trying to get Dame Lillard to get back to their house. Not going to happen. I, I think he gets traded. I I saw Cleveland the other day floated out. I thought that was pretty interesting, considering they were disappointed with Darius Garland's uh, playoff performance after they moved Donovan Mitchell. And then, to me, Darius Garland is a better starting point than Tyler Harrow. He just is. I, I would rather have him on my running the point on my team than, than bringing in Harrow, like, and whatever picks you can get from Cleveland, maybe bring in Isaac Okoro as well. Get in, we know they love their defensive wings uh, in Portland, but Damian Lillard, a Miami doesn't have it, and B, I hate to say this, but like Portland doesn't owe you anything, bro. Like you signed that deal with them, you you did. Like you 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 could have hit free agency, and then you could have signed anywhere you wanted to. You elected to sign a deal with Portland. That was your choice. You signed that contract extension. Now you want out of that deal. You don't want to play from that anymore. Like you don't have the no trade clause. Like I, I disagree that they don't owe you anything. I think they definitely owe you some say in where you go. In the, NBA, gonna... in the NBA, it's not like it's different because like if you're the face of a franchise for years and you've driven revenue to them, yeah, you've got a lot of money from your contract, but not as much money as you made that team. I mean, he's he's been the face of Portland 
sports, not just basketball, because that's really all they have. He's been the face of Portland for years. They owe him a little bit. And, but they're, and, and they're, they're not going to ship him off to like Charlotte. Of course, they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that because they they're by already negotiating with the contending teams. That's enough. Sure. They don't owe him to get him to Miami. They owe themselves to get the best deal they possibly can. Oh, is it their fault for putting themselves in this position by signing Grant, by not trading Damian Lillard when they probably should have a year and a half ago? Yeah. But I don't think they, yeah. they're not going to do what you're saying to get into Charlotte, but I think they don't owe him per se. To like well, and, and Charlotte's not going to give as much up for him. Why right. would they? Right. Yeah. In comparison to a team that's on they're the fringe of contention. Yeah. Um, but I agree, though. We both agree he's going to get traded. Though. Cool. Mo- moving on. Probably the second most talked about trade player this offseason, James Harden. Will he get moved? This season, this offseason. Yeah. Uh, no, actually, I'm changing. I saw him at the white party. <laughs> He's looking cozy at the white party with Embiid and uh, yeah, Tobias and Grant. Well, I no, I think they work it out. I think if he was going to get moved, they would have done it. Or like we know what deals are around. Like he, he if he was getting going to get moved, I think it would have happened already. I think he tries it one more time with a new coach. Yeah, I mean, I think it's in a situation that's very favorable to James Harden, and even though it looked as though he wanted to be traded, like the GM of the team is Daryl Morey, who has a great relationship with, and Joel Embiid is the superstar and face of that franchise, and Joel likes him. You know, two days ago he said, like, I think he said something to the effect, like, we're going to be boys forever. Uh, <laughs> want him to come back so we can go out and accomplish what we want, which is to win a championship. So hopefully his mindset can be changed. That was a direct quote from, from Joel. So he's definitely feels very differently than he did about Ben Simmons and doc rivers did about Ben Simmons when, you know, Simmons put up that uh, abysmal performance in the, in the playoffs. So this is not a guy in Joel Embiid who is set in stone that he wants to the franchise to move on from James Harden. And if he wants him out there, the alternatives as to what you could flip him for, um, it could be broken into two, a couple of players, but is that as good as James Harden at his best? Um, you know, once again, he underperformed when, when push came to shove, uh, against the Boston Celtics in that game seven. And he kind of buckled down to the pressure as he has multiple times in the playoffs, but it doesn't mean that, you know, if Tyrese Maxey takes a step forward and they have other guys who are contributors, um, that, you know, they can lighten the load for James Harden going into this next playoff run. I, I presume that if he stays on the team, they'll be back in the playoffs, and I trust this head coach more than I do Doc. Um, I, I like Nurse a lot. I think he has a good idea of how to manipulate his team in a way that allows them to win as many games as possible. So I, I'd like him to stay there. I know like for him, it's kind of the Damian Lillard situation without saying, I want to be traded to the Miami Heat, but he wants to be traded to the Clippers if he's getting traded. And I just don't think that the Clippers are willing to move off of Paul George to bring in James Harden. Um, which I assume is, you know, the probably the core piece of the package. Although I think that in regards to the 76ers, Maxi, Paul George, and Joel Embiid is very enticing to me. But um, if the Clippers Better. are going to make that move, I just, I don't know where else you go. So I think you run it back. So I don't yeah. believe that he will be traded. I do want to say Got one, it. I know you have a list, Nick, but I want to say one thing to the point of like, he didn't show up in game seven. Yes, neither did Embiid. But maybe cracking under the pressure, I think is a, it's a bit harsh to me because, when push came to shove, 
in game one when Embiid was out and everyone thought the Celtics were going to wipe the floor with the 76ers, he did show up and he got that win. So he he was he was elimination game. I but he the only reason they yeah sure but the only reason they all matter because they wouldn't have got to the elimination game if they lost that game. They all matter. All those games matter. The one the one that sends you packing, the one that sends you home matters most. They would have been sent packing if they didn't win that game one. He didn't look. I'm not saying that guys don't have bad games, but I didn't feel like he had a competitive drive in that game. I didn't feel like he was in it to win it for his team. I didn't feel like he wanted to will his team to a victory, to even try and get to the free throw line 15 times, he he was not playing at 100% effort level in game seven. That's where my 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 draw with him is. is guy, I don't want to, a guy that's not going to give it to, give me his all when, when we're at the brightest light moment. Like Jason Tatum stepped up in game seven. I know Jason Tatum's going to go down swinging, whether he makes his shots or not. That's a different situation. But like, look, Jason Brown and in, in, in Jalen, uh, sorry, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown will never <laughs> give up. They will never give up, and I, I at least respect the hell out of them for that. Yeah, I, I just think the game one that Harden put together was shouldn't be overlooked. Blinded by the light, buddy, as you as you are with him. That's that's how it goes. All right, let's let's move to these next few more quickly. So Pascal Siakam with the Raptors. Yes. Yeah, I agree. If if Van Vliet had stayed. I think they probably would have ran it back. Um, but I think that they're going to have to try and blow things up here. I don't know what it's going to look like. They're in a weird position. They're in a really, really weird position, but they should trade him. Yep. Some what about OG and an OB? See ya. Along, not with him, but along like, like someone's got a tank in the NBA and it's yeah. their time to do it. They're blowing it up. Blow it up the right way. Mm-hmm. Don't blow up part of it. Blow up all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Save all right. Battleship. Our uh, Texas Longhorn boy, Miles Turner. I think he stays, man. I think if they were going to trade him, they would have done it already. I think I, I think Indiana can be competitive this year. I'm buying that. I'm drinking that Kool Aid. I think they're going to be competitive, and, and they could be better than the Bulls and try to get into that play and, and maybe maybe back into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, and this guy's also on the list that it's contingent upon keeping Buddy Healed though. I do think Buddy Healed could easily get moved before the deadline. Um, you can you can replace shooting a lot easier than you can replace a versatile big who's a defensive anchor like Miles Turner, who can also shoot. Um, so I'm I'm gonna say that they move healed before the deadline, they hold on to Turner. Josh Healed's the next guy on the list. What do you say? I actually agree with Alexander. I think I he couldn't he couldn't have said it better. So I'll move on in the list. Great. Next up, Mikel Bridges. I say, yeah, I think they're in the same position as the Raptors where look, somebody has to tank. Like somebody has to, you, you, that's the way like the cycle goes like the Pistons and the Rockets and the Pacers. And I think I'm forgetting. And the magic, these teams have moved past tank level. They're moving into, okay, we're going to start trying to get competitive. I think the next teams to tank are the Raptors and the Nets. And I think the Nets have never done it properly. And I think you, I think the way Bridges played for them at the end of last year, and he'll the way he'll play into this upcoming season, you're going to get an arm and a leg for him. So I would, I would cash in. Um, I actually think cashing in at the end of the season is a lot more advantageous. Let him go play, get an All Star under his belt, build up his stock, and then move him afterwards if you're going to. Um, so I don't believe that they trade him. I think that they they want to see if this oh. guy can become their number one. 
Um, so I'm, I'm going to zag there. Also interesting. I just saw a video and I'm just throwing out there with buddy healed since 2020. Um, he is one of the guys that has made the most three pointers, the top three guys that have made the most three pointers besides Steph Curry. It's him. It's clay Thompson. And it is no, sorry. It's him. It's Jason Tatum and it's Damian Lillard. Well, this next guy on the list also makes a lot of three-pointers, Bojan Bogdanovic. Is he going to get moved? Yeah, just because he's a little older. And they have size. They just signed Isaiah Stewart to that massive deal yesterday. They have Jalen Duran. They have Wiseman. They have Marvin Bagley the third. They have Thompson in the mix, Cade Cunningham. I, they have a lot of young guys that need to get run. Do I think Bogdanovic is valuable? Could he, he adds a lot to that team? Sure. Do I think they're contending this upcoming season? No. So I think getting some picks back and getting some stuff back for Bogdanovich uh, and moving him to, to a team that needs, like, like, like you're saying, Nick, that can score, I, I think he gets moved this season. Uh, I'm going to say that they hold on to him and they keep that wing shooting um, to surround these young guys in a piece that you know you don't have to see what it turns into or you know exactly what you're getting from him. And he's going to be a 40% three-point shooter. He's going to be an 18 points per game guy. Um, I think that consistency and just reliability is something that you can't often have. And it's something that you saw as a, a big desirable for the Houston Rockets and free agency. It's why they went after Dylan Brooks. It's why they went after Fred Van Vliet. Um, I worry about the development of a really young team when they take away veterans who know how to get it done in the NBA. Um, I, I certainly think what you said could happen, Josh, they could easily trade this guy before the trade deadline and, you know, get a first round pick. Um, I feel like they would have done that last year though. And I feel like the market wasn't there um, enticing enough for them to be like, okay, this is why. And so they'd rather just write out his contract, get that cap space, go then and sign another veteran at probably around the same rate or use some of it for, you know, Ivy Cunningham, these guys who are going to have big contracts coming up when they get to their second contract. So I'm going to say that they, they hold on to Bojan word. It's my list. Let's move Thank on. You, NFL. you have a list for, for NFL. Yeah. I do have a list for you guys for NFL. Uh, Pascal Siakam to the Pistons. That could kind of maneuver things around. And that's just a hot take right there. They could move off yeah. Bogdanovich and get Siakam. Um, I do have a list. We'll probably break it up. We'll do one today, one tomorrow, because we have a few minutes left here on our stream. Well, do you guys want to play the guessing game first? Or you want to play a list first? I'll leave it up to you boys. What's more fun? What would you have more fun doing? I like. I mean, you guys know I love a good guessing game with y'all, and you guys, okay. you guys kind of, you you guys kind of kick my ass in the baseball. Yeah, we we might make slight work of it. We might be able to fit both in because it'd be too easy. It was too easy. Okay, sorry. Give me one second. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in NFL history do not have an MVP winner. Who are those teams? Hmm. Seven teams in NFL history. That's a lot of teams. Mm -hmm. Okay. The obvious ones you could take out. I mean, you could take out, you know, the Pats. Chargers have <laughs> one. Uh, Chiefs had one. Yes. Have the... I don't, I don't believe this is my first... I don't think the Jags ever had one. Jags never had one. There are two that is one of the teams, correct. Nick. Houston also has not. Correct. Two out of the seven. I don't believe the Buccaneers have had an MVP. Okay, Alexander. That's three of the seven. Has Four Cleveland ever had one? Cleveland has Brown, had. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cleveland's had an MVP. 
Have the have New York the, Jets had one? Good, good guess. No, they haven't. Mr. Quick, Nikki Quick Work <laughs> Kreider oh, here. Great guess. Great guess. You've three um, more. Okay. Let's think about. I'm going to go division. with the Detroit Lions. They have had an MVP. Barry Sanders? Correct. Hmm. Have the Cards had an MVP? They have not, Alexander. Two more teams. Cool. Nice. These are these are the two tougher teams, I would say. Carolina Panthers. No, Cam Newton, buddy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> that one's a recent one. That one's a recent one. Saints. Correct, Nick. Yeah. One more to go. Great. Okay. All right. Drew has never did it. it. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Just trying to think of like great quarterbacks and if they even got it done with like their teams go yeah exactly that's that that but that was that you would have cut the red herring was drew Brees. uh he never won an mvp with new orleans yeah he has the stats but never won the mvp so to quickly as you're thinking cardinals no is texans this a, is no it, is this Sorry, a team that has is this, is this a team that has changed their name this is not a team that has changed their name but love the outside the box questions. <laughs> Is it the Vikings? Bit. No, Nick Adrian Peterson, right? Okay, yeah. You, I, I, yes. I love how you at you say the guess and then quickly just say the MVP before yeah. I can even say yes or no. I just you know, forget. Enough. Then you remember. So and I remember. Um, the Raider. No, wait. The Raiders have an MVP. Mark Gasol. What no, does this team? Does, yeah, maybe, yeah, but Rich Gannon's their last MVP. I'm looking at their does last. This MVP. team does this team currently have two guys on their team that could win the MVP? No, one guy, one very yeah. viable candidate, one viable candidate that could for the sure Bengals. win the, the Bengals. No, Bills. No. The last guy to win it for the Bills was Thurman Thomas. The last guy to win it for the Bengals was Boomer Esiason. Mm, boom, Boomer. Okay, I'm just thinking about divisions here, Nick. I, I, you know, this no is why I that... knew it would be hard. I, this is like it's not a team you would think. Oh, that's we already got the AFC North team because we know that the Ravens have won, and we know that the Steelers Has have Tennessee have Titans. Tennessee Titans because no, they changed Derrick, their name. They changed Derrick their name. Henry. And Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry did not win the MVP. Their last MVP, though, was in 2003 with the late, great Wait. Oh, The Eagles. Done. That's it. Oh, Correct. I thought for a second that I was like, should we take a swing at I the feel Eagles? Like, I feel it's like, like they've been a... around for so long, but like, have they never had an MVP? They haven't. Well, uh, they, weren't, they, weren't, <clears throat> they weren't great for a while. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, a lot of teams, the, obviously the they, Packers, the Colts, the Broncos. With with the quarterbacks, the last cowboy to do it was actually Emmett Smith, which is pretty interesting. Um, and then the giant the Giants player did was Lawrence Taylor. Um, but yeah, I mean uh, everyone. Actually, another interesting one for you guys: the last Steeler to do it was Terry Bradshaw. So the Steelers haven't had an MVP since the seventies, despite being one of the most consistently great teams. Yeah, Terry Bradshaw. Obviously, the Forty ers Yeah. 49ers have gotten it done with Steve Young being the last. Seahawks, uh, of course. 
Can you name the last Seahawk? Was it Russ? Was it not dangerous? Not dangerous. I don't MVP. Was Sean it Alexander? Sean? The Mister Mister Alexander, and then the Chargers with LT, uh, and then Matt Ryan for the Falcons. Some, mm. some recent ones. Um, well, mm. gents, real yeah, really good guessing, really good baseball talk, really good baseball talk, uh, football talk, basketball talk, the whole shebang. And my phone goes on the counter and that is our cue to hit the road we'll see you guys tomorrow wednesday we have a special guest thursday so get excited for that fans out there hit your free throws because they're free we'll see you guys next time Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.